0: Some may find the following disturbing discretion is advised. welcome everyone to a fresh edition of gabriel talks football my name is aldo gandia a quick programming note barfly tailgate show is scheduled to have a show on sunday and uh, they will be a very happy crew aaron current won't be with us for that show i might uh, pop in for a little while uh just to help the guys celebrate this huge victory But uh,
1: the man of the hour right now is Greg Gabriel. Greg, how are you, my friend? I'm obviously doing well. I don't know how to act. I mean, you know, (laughs) we've come on this show for the last year, 50 weeks, and it's always been freaking doom and gloom and what should have been or what could have been. So a little bit of a nail-biter in the fourth quarter, but turned out well. It sure
0: did. And so, you know, the very first question that I see uh, is from Mr. Shorty, and he asks Greg, are you still done with Justin? So, you your know, evaluation I, of the game?"
1: Okay, it's a good question. I'm going to, I tweeted something out this morning. You see if I can find it.
0: Mm-hmm. And as you're looking I'm for gonna that. I'm going to read this.
1: A little over two weeks ago, I wrote an article on Windy City Gridiron being very critical of Justin Fields. After three games, I didn't see an improvement. I don't regret writing it, as that's what I believe. But I'm glad I was wrong. His two games since have been outstanding.
0: Why were you wrong? Why Why ha- have we seen? Because after three games, I was growing skeptical of his ability to pass from the pocket. But we clearly see now that he
1: can. What happened? You know... I don't know if I have an answer and the reason they've obviously changed the play calling. The mm-hmm. plays have always been there. They're, they're in the playbook. So it's how you use the plays and how they're calling the plays and they've done it in a way. And, and could they have made some little adjustments in certain plays? Of course, but they've, it's like Justin was playing in those first three games as if he was afraid to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And then the last two games, it's like, damn, I'm doing it my way. I'm going out and, you know, play ball the way I I know how to play ball. And that, you know, it's just, but, but guys are getting open, you know? And, And so, and part of it, like, like last night, they used a lot of uh, 12 personnel. So you only had two wide receivers on there, but because of they were 12 personnel, the defense had to be extra careful to keep an eye on Justin Fields because often he can run in that situation. And that was leaving your receivers one-on-one and, you know, that's like a dream if you got a good receiver. So, You, you you muted yourself,
0: uh, and I did that because I got the cleaning people over. So there's vacuum noises, there's sweeping noises, and so forth. So I apologize for that. And Greg has informed me that he's got the uh, little ones over, and so forth. So we may hear the pitter patter of uh, steps around. Um, I don't know what the hell they're doing out of school. It's first thing I said. I said. Why aren't you in school? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They'll take it though. <laughs> Go see grandpa. Cool. Um, the one of the things that I'm really impressed with is the fact that he's pulling the trigger on plays. Like, for instance, when we see the final touchdown that DJ Moore scored, and this is a third down and two. You know, I don't know if he would have thrown this pass at the beginning of the preseason, the first two three games. He would have shied away from that, but he showed guts here and making that very tough throw to DJ Moore at a critical point in the game. And if this ball is intercepted, oh my goodness, I would have, uh, I-, I would have had a conniption fit, whatever the hell that is. Uh, your thoughts on his courage now in 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 pulling the trigger? Uh,
1: you know, I think part of that and people may want to fight this, but you know, my experience tells me different part of it's coaching. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going through the tape, you're going through the tape and, and you see guys open and you see that he's holding onto the ball and the coach is going, look at you got that guy open, that guy open, that guy open, get the ball out of your hand and throw it, you know? Mm -hmm. And and so I, I think some of it has to do with that. And so instead of, being unsure of himself, he's t- taking it on himself to just say, hey, fuck it, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. As they may. And you look at the stats over the last two games, and it shows eight touchdowns, one interception, you know, 617 yards uh, passing, a uh, 133 pass rating. Come on. I mean, that—that that, those are outstanding numbers.
0: Yeah, and his numbers uh, yesterday – outstanding 15 to 29, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He took on a, a big part of the rushing duties uh, in the second half when the first three running backs all left the game with injuries and they only had the fullback left, Kerry Blassingame, who who played well. Yeah, uh, But uh, this shows the value of a Justin Fields, a, a quarterback who can run the ball, and, and that's particularly valuable when you're
1: uh, well, there's one thing that jumped out in this, in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. when he was running with the ball,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he was running like, Hey, I'm a running back right now. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, Like there was that one run to the right and he put down his shoulder and just tried to, you know, run through people. It wasn't like he was trying to protect himself.
0: Yep. On the Which
1: Amazon, he did on that one run to the left, right before a touchdown, you know, earlier in the game where he slid it around the three yard line.
0: Right. Right.
1: Okay. Well, that wasn't the case in the second half. He, we don't have any backs. I got to get some yards.
0: Yeah. On the Amazon prime, uh, post game show, uh, he was asked about uh, running with the ball
1: and
2: you had some physical runs in there that I was getting chills and fired up about. Yeah. Did you feel like that was something you needed to do for the team in the second half? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when somebody goes down, we always have that, you know, next man up mentality. Of course, you know, Car did a great job being our fullback, stepping in that running back, you know, taking some runs. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely knew that I was going to have to run the ball a little bit more since Khalil went down and we also had Roshan went down. But, you know, just a, just a hard fought battle from everybody. O-line did a great job today. Um, the run game was, was, was really going in the first half. But
0: yeah, definitely knew that I was going to have to take some runs down in the second half. Talk- How good did you, feel? Not bad. And Greg, you wanted to talk a little bit about how much more. I was going to
1: say, I'm glad you showed that clip Mm because I watched that whole segment last night and you saw a totally different Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. He was smiling. He was happy. He was outgoing. Uh, You could see his personality. He was engaging real well with the other guys on the set. And then a half hour later, he goes in and, and does the presser in front of the Chicago media, and he's kind of glum like this, answering the questions matter of factly. Told me one thing because I watched him back to back last night. He don't like that Chicago media now, you know. And and he he mentioned something about everything written in the media, in 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 the post game presser and stuff. So he's. He's not comfortable opening up in front of them, but he certainly was on that other stage,
0: mm-hmm. and we saw a,
1: a totally different guy.
0: Well, and I do think, though, that part of it was, uh, you know, he was surrounded by a couple hundred Bears fans, and they're chanting, and the atmosphere, and the environment, there kind of, you know... A, a, started the adrenaline for him and he seemed much more comfortable, but I have to your point, I have seen him on interviews with national people. He's a totally different interview than he is with the Chicago media. Totally different. He is much more guarded and distrusting.
1: Yeah. Very, very guarded. And he's very careful what he says. And he just stays in this monotone. That's mm -hmm. almost boring, you know, and, and it's like, he doesn't want to be himself, and I get it, because I've I, I've been critical of these guys for a while. They're too damn negative, mm-hmm. and and these players, they don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I will
0: stick up for the media because it is their job to be adversarial. They're not fans of the team. They have to ask tough tough questions, and which is why I have always been a pro- proponent that. Coaches and players need media training so that they could know how to handle this. To throw these guys, especially the young guys in their early 20s who don't have experience answering questions and being under the spotlight like that, to throw them out there without media training uh, is not good. Michael Henneman says, the media isn't on your side. Justin needs to worry about what he can control and keep improving. You know, The media is there to, to ask the tough questions, whether it's negative or
1: whatever. No, I, I get it, but this media, and I've been in New York from Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, they're fans, you know, and, and uh, they get critical when they have to get critical, but they want you to do well. And mm-hmm. New York, New York was a piece of cake next to here. And New <laughs> York's supposed to be tough, you know. I mean, it was totally, I mean, when I came here, I was like, wow. And, but I'll, I'll say this it goes back to, uh, Fluss's press conference was it uh, Friday or, or, or whatever, or not Friday, Wednesday. And they're hitting him with all the stuff about Claypool. Yeah. And he's kind of flustered. And I don't know if I said it to you, but I said it to some other people. I said he didn't handle it right mm-hmm. because he should have done with the first question. Should have said in a very emphatic way, this is an internal team situation. We are not talking about it. The discussion ends right now. And if they and it's because it's none of their business. It's mm-hmm. internal. It's a it's a team matter. And if they continue to ask, walk out. You know who does that? Did that first time I saw it, Bill Parcells and and mm-hmm. Belichick picked up on it. You know what? And then they don't control you. You control them.
0: Mm. you're absolutely right and that's what media training would teach these guys you know teach the coach what what uh, Eberflus was up there for seven minutes and with each passing second he just looked worse and worse it
1: was clear it's that he up. was it's t- uncomfortable and I'm not sticking up for him and, but but the point is that it's just he could have handled that in a very positive way and shut him up Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. they they would have tried. And then if I'm him, you walk out and then you know what? It'll never happen again. Yep.
0: Indeed. All right. We're going to talk more about last night's game, uh, but there was breaking news today. Uh, the bears announced that the trade of chase Claypool again, Claypool was acquired for the 32nd overall pick. Of course, when Ryan poles made the trade, he didn't know he's going to have the top pick of the second round, but he was that pick uh that was relinquished for chase claypool the 32nd overall and today he was traded to the miami dolphins along with a seventh round pick for a 6th round pick it could be just moving up a a half dozen to a dozen or so slots in the draft what do you think about this whole chase claypool situation and how big of a strike is this against ryan poles
1: um Is it a strike? Yeah, it's a strike because he, he didn't get, he was hoping that it was going to turn out big. And as I've stated several times, you know, in conversations with him, he said, you know, if I had a chance to do it over, I would. And this was back in the spring and it didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, And we probably will never know all the reasons, a lot of speculation. I know people say, well, you know, he was run out of Pittsburgh. Well, I talked to two people in Pittsburgh that I've known. And, and it's not like, no, casually. It's known for one for 39 years and the other one for 21. I know, you know, I know these people for a long time. They're not going to lie to me. And they said, we didn't have any problem with him. But we knew that his value was high. And and Pickens was coming on. So let's see if we what we can get for him. So I, I get that. But people want to have a narrative, and that's fine. Is he a perfect kid? No. Is anybody in the locker room a perfect kid? Every, you know, everybody's got his own issues, mm-hmm. some more so than others. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I'll tell you, if he would have hung with it too long, then it would be a bigger strike against him than it is now. You know, you see the error of your ways. You got to do what's right for the team. And he did it as quickly as he could. Mm. And, um, you know, as soon as they, they sent him home last week and didn't allow him dress, you know, you weren't getting anything. Yeah. So exactly. they, they, they salvaged something. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, tell you the truth. I think the trade was done last night. They just mm-hmm. announced it this morning only because of what he said you know, last night when he said, "You know, I wish him well." Everything else, so I think it was already a done deal.
0: That's right. He was interviewed before the game, and he was talking about Claypool in the past tense. You know, he uh, so it was it was a locked deal last night, no doubt about it. Um, so. My concern now is because of DJ's outstanding performance, we're going to see defenses now double up on him because Mm -hmm. they're going to think, well, that's their biggest weapon. Let's take him away and and see what – uh, Justin Fields can do the connection with Darnell Mooney. Unfortunately, has been hasn't been there. Here's a here's a, sh- a look at one pass in the end zone
1: that, that was sh- interference. That was that- like, look, in fact the, the Bears got called for interference twice. One of them they picked up the flag. Mm-hmm. They weren't half as bad as that. Yeah.
0: Uh the throw could have been a little better, but you're absolutely right. This was pass interference and it should have been called. Uh there was a the, the guy I think...
1: smacks him right in the face for Christ's sake. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <He does. laughs> that is true. He's not his head it, you gotta have all the rules. You gotta be turned back to the ball, trying to break up the ball. He's not doing that. Mm-hmm. He's looking straight ahead at, at Darnell and he smacks him in the head. Come yeah. on. It was it, you know. It, but how about this? It's the same freaking ref. Because it's the same side of the field and everything else. The same ref that called the interference on, um, I think it was a Stevenson or somebody in the in the end zone uh, yeah. later on in the, the game. Yeah. Same right. ref. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, it, you know, that, uh, but the Bears got a, a couple of calls, too. Uh, so it, they, they were an equal opportunity uh, bullshit, bullshit referee crew. So <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what though, and and and, and, and credit to Swifty, um, he showed a picture. DJ Moore was out of bounds. His heel was on his heel. Oh, was on, he, excellent! I, I took a picture, of it, but I don't know if you can show it here because it's on my phone. Um, Good job,
0: Swifty. Swifty always comes through. If you're not following the Swiss Sports Network, you should. If you're not following the Nomad Network, you should. If you're, if you're not following the Bears Country Productions podcast, know. you should.
1: The hell, if that, right that, there,
0: right there, right there. Uh, up a little higher and to your right. There you go. Ah, uh, yeah. Would, nah, t- it's
1: not very good. I I can't.
0: Uh, no, uh, no, you had it. You had it. Put the there, picture
1: right. up.
0: Now, I to go your to right. The- yeah, right there. Hold it right there. Yeah, you're right. His left foot. The heel, and maybe a little bit more, uh, is definitely out of bounds. It's about
1: three three inches out of bounds. Yeah. Okay, uh, so it was a good call. Yep. This was the play here. It was
0: uh, the Bears leading 27-14, to and DJ thought that he was in and really wanted it because it would have been four touchdowns for him. But uh, great job by Swifty. Much better job by Swifty than the Amazon crew that did not have a replay showing anything despite the fact they got about 100 cameras out there. Unbelievable. Yeah, (laughs) they
1: got like six cameras running on every play. Mm -hmm. So you get all these different angles.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have any concerns that Mooney is going to uh, be, become more productive. Uh, but I just wanted your comments on why this, why such a slow start to the twenty twenty three season? Is it because he's coming off an injury and may not still be one hundred percent? Is it because of the focus on DJ Moore? A- any thoughts on that?
1: I think it's all of the above, and and they were also trying to to work in Claypool,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and in essence. They were really playing claypool at the X and trying to put Mooney inside at the slot,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And then there was there was some switching back and forth between DJ and and Mooney as far as being either the Z receiver or the slot receiver. But now I'd have to go back and look at the tape to tell you who was the the Z and who was the X. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they switched that around now. And so, you know, he's going to get more targets, mm-hmm. you, you know, fields likes him. I think he targeted him four or five times last night. It just, you know, it didn't work out. And, and yeah. the first play of the game and, and in fairness, he had the guy beat. That was that, that throw was on Justin. You yeah. know, if, if you, if you look at the route being run, Darnell was looking over his outside shoulder mm-hmm. waiting for the ball and he had to completely turn his body around to find the ball to the inside. It was, uh, you know, he just couldn't adjust good enough to, uh, to make the catch.
0: Hmm. All right, let me uh, tackle some of these questions before they start to pile up too much on me. Let's go with Hair Bear first. He asked, Why do you think players hate coming here? And I'm, I'm assuming that he's making reference to wide receivers. What uh, Mushu Muhammad once said, uh, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Uh, so, w- what do you think about Hair Bear's comment? Do you think players hate coming here? And if so, why?
1: I, you know. We never had a problem bringing players in when I was there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Moose was one of them. You know, but like most wide receivers, he's a diva. So <laughs> if you don't, you don't give me the ball enough, then it's where wide receivers go to die. And, mm-hmm. you know, do we have a top flight quarterback? No, uh, but he still had a pretty decent career. I mean, Elshon Jeffrey didn't die here. You know, yeah, to put up right. some big, big numbers, um, you know. So we brought peppers in. We, we, we any free agent we wanted, we got. And I, I, I think over the last few years, when they've wanted to get a free agent, they've been going out to get them. They've gotten them. I mean, it, it it gets down to money now, you know. If they don't, and I know with Ryan, he he's got a, a set dollar figure that he will pay for certain players, and when when it goes over and above that, he's not stretching because he's got to think about the future, and he doesn't want to hurt that. Your your mute sign again. Hit it again. Slap yourself
0: upside the head, boy. um, One of the things, and you're absolutely right, it's always about money. And I understand why some wide receivers might be reluctant to come here because the team does have a history of average to poor quarterback play and they want their numbers up uh so i understand that but you're absolutely right Julius peppers other free free agents have come here and have thrived they've made their money and they've left i don't think the Chicago market and the Chicago franchise is verboten for agents and players but i, I do understand perhaps the reluctance on the part of some wide receivers to want to come to Chicago. All right. Uh, don't forget, A-Rod came here. Yeah, A-Rod not came long, here. Not, not too long ago. Right. And, and you know, uh, you're absolutely right. You you dangle enough money to a, a wide receiver, and he won't care. Plus, the other thing is, if we continue to see the progression of Justin Fields, wide receivers are going to die to come here. All I don't want to be I, in I, on this I Just i
1: just going to say that. Mm-hmm. If he keeps playing like he has the last two weeks, th- this isn't an issue. Yep. And then, you know, you get about the money. Hey, it it gets down to this, you know, money talks, bullshit walks, you know, so they want money first. Always right. want money first.
0: That's right. Uh, T-Pocalypse says, and this is something we've said before, this team hadn't played all preseason together. Why would they come out playing good? Do you want to expound on that? You know, Because I think a lot of fans uh, you know, forget the fact that this team didn't have the proper preparation to come out of the gates and play at a high level, and perhaps they're slowly building up to that.
1: Well, they and st- fairness, they still have it. They haven't played with a. They haven't played a game with a, a complete first unit on both sides of the ball. Uh, Ryan Poles alluded to that in that impromptu presser a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, we were dealt some cards in preseason that we couldn't do anything about, and we had to do what we thought was best. That's why certain guys didn't play in the preseason, and that affected play." It sounds like an excuse. It really is an excuse. He's given facts. But I think they all thought, ended up being falsely, that they play better. Mm -hmm. You know, so they didn't. Um, But you and I, you know, we watched every game. We talked the day after the Tampa game. And that was a game they could have won and Mm should have won. Last week they could have won and should have won and yesterday they did won. So we could be, we're not, but we could be 3 and 2. Absolutely. Okay. So it's um Yeah, I go back and I and I I kept thinking about this going back and I go Last year, Detroit started off one and five or one and six, mm-hmm. and then went on a roll. Now, is this team going to do that? Well, they still got to get more guys back. Yeah, um, like right now, they don't have a secondary. And how long? You know, it's like you line up to go in the secondary, you're going down. <laughs> you know, somebody got the voodoo curse on that, and <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, when are they going to get a healthy secondary? You know, um, Johnson's been out a couple weeks with a hammy. Sometimes hammy. But they didn't put him on IR. So that tells me I didn't think it was going to be a four-week injury. So maybe he's able to go next week against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, they got to get another receiver. EQ got a hammy yesterday. I'll tell you the one thing. Jimmy Arthur's got to be blowing his mind right now the strength coach, because soft tissue is, injuries, pulled muscles are generally on the player that gets hurt. It's because they're not, they don't, you know, they're either not eating right. They don't have enough liquids in their body. And that causes the strain.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting. So Rust,
1: Rusty, when Rusty was here and, and Jimmy's a, a protege, Rusty, and Jimmy was the assistant then. You know that's what Rusty preached. You've got to fill up on liquids during the week, and he goes because then nothing would piss him off more than a pulled muscle, because and he kept saying that that's on you. Mm. You take care of yourself. You're not. That's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. So I got to drink more liquids and also exercise for for a chance to pull a muscle. All right, Uh, Tim Willis uh, says he was encouraged by the play in the trenches. Larry Borum has been a great in relief. Tevin being back was a massive boost. And aside from a few bad snaps, Whitehair is a massive upgrade at center over Patrick. Do you agree with this assessment of the offensive line? I, first of all, in that first half, I thought they were, they graded A. Maybe A minus.
1: Yeah, and I saw Bill Zimmerman say, people are saying Boreham played good. He stunk. Well, Bill, I think you better learn how to great tape. <laughs> yeah. Borum had a good game. Did he get beat a couple times? Yeah. He's going against a real good pass rusher, a guy who was the number one overall pick in the draft. You're going to get beat sometimes. and But his run blocking was good. Uh, the line as a whole, Tevin did give a boost. Uh, he was he was on a pitch count now. They, he, I think he played thirty-seven snaps, and I I don't even know if they wanted him to play that many, you know, because he hadn't played in six weeks. Yeah, uh, but he but he got through the game. Uh, Carter was I don't even know if he's practiced on the left side or not. He had to play, you know, part of the th- the third and fourth quarter at left guard. And, and really held his own. I, I, I know he can play right guard. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen him on the left side in a while. Played left tackle in college. Um, Montez gave uh, uh, Wright a run for his money a few times in pass blocking. But overall, he played good. I, yeah, overall, I think both lines won. And when you look at that defensive line of Washington, I mean, those are studs. Those are four. Really good dudes, and then you bring in the the fifth guy, Ridgeway. He's another horse in the middle. That's a tough guy to block. So I that that's a good that's as good a group as they will play all year. If I not, the, to, is not if not the best group.
0: I have to agree. That was gr- a great test, and I think the Bears' offensive line uh, gets a a, a a good score. Uh, staying on that topic, ceiling fan says, Greg, how good. Is Darnell right? Would you say he's an all-pro potential guy?
1: Oh, without question, but I thought that before the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he um he's so freaking strong. And I didn't give him when I was doing my early evaluations on him the credit for the athleticism that he has. Bye. He's Adios. Real-
0: Sorry, I'm telling yeah,
1: you. You got to speak Spanish, right? Yeah, you know, it helps. The. I lost my train of thought here. Uh, why, uh, excuse
0: me, Darnell, right? Uh, you, yeah, uh, he,
1: you know, he's a hell of an athlete. You see him out in space. He can run. He can change direction. He can adjust on the move. Um I think it's just a matter of him getting play time. And I think it might not be next year, but it could be that he's going to be one of the best right tackles in the business.
0: Just to get a little technical here, and, and I'm a student of the game. I'm learning from you and others. It seems like when he gets beat, it's because he's leaning too too uh, far forward. Some Am I that right?
1: Is, it's, okay. it's It's positioning. You know, and, and sometimes you get into bad habits that you had in college. Uh, your offensive line play, a lot of it's about angles
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, taking the right when when you do your your pass set, it's taking the right angle. And mm-hmm. and sometimes you gotta change it from, from week to week when you study the film to Fine. see how your opponent likes to, to pass rush. But the one thing you don't want to do is turn your shoulders and give up the outside. You're dead in the water. Yeah. You know, so you got to have a good punch. You got to be, if you, you can knock the guy off his charge and make him redirect a little bit, that's a positive. But, you know, it, it's trial and error with some of these guys. They got to go through it. And so each week, I mean, hell, he's played what, five games now? And each week is a new learning experience. And and the good thing is he's been playing against some really good guys. Yeah. So he's going to learn from that. And, you know, you just hope that you don't see him make the same mistake twice. You got to live Braxton went through it, you know, last year. And the biggest problem he had was with his anchor that we also, well, the biggest improvement with him before he hurt his neck was his anchor. He wasn't getting bull rushed at all. Somebody's hunts, he got bull rushed in one of the preseason games, and somebody made us think about it. But when the bell rang, he was never getting bull rushed.
0: I've got questions in the queue here from Jeff, Bear Truth 9, Toreen, Tpocalypse. Uh, f- is that Fla? Fla Bears fan, Free Palestine, and another one from Bear Truth. So keep them coming. I want to ask Greg about this. It was actually, I think, a comment as well. On today's uh, ESPN football shows, uh, in fact, I think I got the question queued up here. Uh, let us see. Oh, there it is. It's from Terrain. Greeny and Chris Canty are demanding oh, that fields be traded today. you saw that?
1: <laughs> I saw it really right before we started, and I said, <laughs> And I did. I kind of retweeted it, reposted it, and okay. said, "And this guy played in the league."
0: I know, right? Yeah. So you know, d- it's. Would you entertain the thought if you're the general manager? Ryan Pulse calls you up. Hey, listen, I am getting an offer for Justin Fields that can give me a Herschel Walker type of boatload of picks. What do you think?
1: Well then you gotta let's be realistic here then you have to tank yeah you're putting Baygent in and you're tanking right you have to and so and what's that gonna do well that's gonna get your coach fired that's gonna sour it's not part of the DNA of of an athlete to tank Mm -hmm. so the Somebody wrote something. I think biggsy might have wrote it today. And he said he talked to an assistant GM mm-hmm. about tanking. He said, "Oh, well, how do you, how can you tell if a guy's tanking? And he said, well, you, you fire the play caller and, and you're, you know, on, on either side of the ball, which would have been, <laughs> you know, like if Fluser gets, he got fired and right. so, yeah, little things like that can t- show you that, yeah, they're, they're, They're trying to tank. They're not trying to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, This team's been through that. They had to find out if Justin Fields could play. It didn't start out very good the first three weeks for whatever reason. The last two weeks, he's been as good as anybody in the league. Mm -hmm. And you hope that that continues. We won't know until we see it. Next up, Minnesota.
0: Hey, Hey, Swifty, we uh, gave you a shout-out earlier uh, regarding the uh, picture you posted of DJ Moore's foot out of bounds. And, again, uh, make sure you are following the Swift Sports Network on your YouTube pages. Um, All right, let's get to some more questions here. Uh, Jeff says, it seems to me that Khalil Herbert is sticking his nose in there more in protection and blocking. Are you seeing that as well?
1: Yeah, he's just told he had to. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that that was, I mean, it was like, that was, that and pass catching were the weak points of his game. Mm. And he's improved in both areas. He actually got hurt trying to make a hell of a catch because it was an underthrown ball from Justin. And then his ankle got caught up underneath. That could have been ugly.
0: That could have been ugly. It was great to see that he at least went out and tried it again. But Yeah, and then uh, he
1: planted on that foot and said, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> let's hope he's ready for next week. The great thing is is that Deontay Foreman and the limited reps that he has gotten has looked very good, and so he would be a worthy replacement. And let's hope that Rashawn, uh Johnson goes through his concussion protocol. Yeah, but now. I would
1: think – I read a, a, an interesting stat. This year, anybody who's gone on concussion protocols missed one game. Oh really? Minimum. Mm-hmm. Now he's got extra few days here, right? So that could change. Uh, but nobody has come back who's got a concussion Sunday come back to play the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now again, this extra three days that could make a difference. Depends how severe the concussion is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we'll see, but um, it they didn't talk about the injuries. Nobody has, there's nobody in today. So you're not going to, I don't think you're going to have a presser today. Uh, Cause the players aren't in. And, and Flew said last night when he was talking to the media, and by the way, when he was talking to the media, yeah. he had an entirely different disposition than he normally has in, in front of them. Um, but he said, well, when the players come back in Monday, we got to go over to this, this and this, you know, the, Go over the corrections from the game, and and there were things to correct, but you know when you win, it's a lot easier to make corrections, and it's a lot easier to to take criticism. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, Bear Truth Nine wants to know. Oh, this was <laughs> yesterday on our Bear Football Show. Danny Shimin, uh he, he it feels like. He he is issuing a still a no confidence vote for the Chicago Bears coaching staff. I replied by saying, "Listen, you know, they, it could be that this coaching staff is finally starting to get it. They're making the corrections. They realize they have to blitz more. They realize they have to do certain things on offense to get the most out of Justin Fields." I'm not ready to say at the end of the season this coaching staff is out the window because. That you, what you are doing now is should be the ju, uh, the how you judge it what do you say about this coaching staff where are you in your confidence level with them
1: uh it's it basically uh, i don't know i never thought for a moment having worked inside that building for the better part of 10 years that they were going to get the rumor headed that if they lost, Flus was going to get fired today. Mm-hmm. Never thought that was going to happen. And the main reason being, and I wrote about it, I think we talked about it on, on Monday. Who's going to replace them. There's not anybody on this staff that you could say, you know, could say instill confidence in a whole team and you don't right. want the season to go out the window. And You know, listening to Floosh last night, he just said, I just keep relaying the same message. We're Mm -hmm. going in the right direction. And we're getting better, but we haven't seen the the fruits of our work yet. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we finally did tonight. Started last Sunday and they couldn't finish. And last night they finished. Now, it remains to be seen what's going to happen going forward. But you hope they can follow that up with a real strong performance against Minnesota. Right. And, and you would think that at home, in front of the home crowd, they're going to want to be fired up and have a strong performance. Right.
0: Yeah, there's, you know, there's no doubt at all that Matt Eberflus has made mistakes. He should have been blitzing games ago. He should have handled the Chase Claypool thing better, you know, from, but I, I, I believe that when you have somebody in your organization, whether it's a football team or whether it's a corporate job or whether you're running a, a, a neighborhood store, that when you have an employee, when you have someone on your team, you try to develop that person. Even if it's a head coach, even if it's a person in authority, that you don't immediately, like so many of us fans do, oh, wow, they lost four in a row. Get, a, get them out of here. They lost 14 in
1: a row. I so understand. Like that, that, that's Chicago. Uh, And and I'm not trying to degrade the people from Chicago. They're they're great fans and Mm -hmm. and great people. But, and and part of it is the media we have here. And when I'm talking talk radio and print media, there's a heavy portion of the proportion of them that are strictly negative people. Mm -hmm. And so, and I don't care what the freaking sport is, mm-hmm. basketball, football, baseball. They, uh, they, all they want to do is fire people when it isn't going right. Right. And you, you keep firing people. You're never going to get it right.
0: Uh, Hair bear told me that very same thing uh, on X yesterday when I was having a discussion with nomad about it. Uh, Hair bear said, you know, constant change changing the coaches every couple of years isn't going to help this team and so you know maybe uh he is speaking some wise words there as you are
1: well here's what Uh, happens although and and uh people don't realize this when a coach comes in and they want a system more so probably with defense than than offense but Mm -hmm. in this case it's both um You're loading this team up, the people you're drafting, the people you're signing as free agents, et cetera, with guys that are scheme fits for his defense. Mm -hmm. You know, so the body types, the size, the speed, everything. And offense, you know, we've seen it with the people they draft. Athletic offensive linemen. You know, they're not going to take – Remember Aaron Gibson who was here when I was there, you know, mm-hmm. who, you know, couldn't get out of his own way, but he was a big power guy, you know, and, and that guy can't play in this offense. So yeah. you got to, you bring in a whole new crew, you might be shifting half of these, you know, sweeping half of them out the door because they're not going to be scheme fits. And that's not good. Yeah. because you're, you're just throwing away money.
0: Absolutely. Nick says, I understand the point on coaching changes, but this staff has shown itself to be weak. Weak how, Nick? Because, you know, I I don't think any of the players are loafing. I don't think any of the players have zoned out. I don't you know, he's been weak in terms of not handling the media with more authority. That is true. Uh, But maybe he could have handled the whole Chase Claypool thing better, as opposed to maybe not be so much of a friend and instead tell him, you know, shut up. F up and play football here, or you're gone. Perhaps I, we, we're not a fly on the wall, so we don't know, but I'd like more context that Nick, Nick before, you know, when you make the accusation that the staff has, has shown that they're well, a
1: okay. I, I want to comment on that too, because there's been a lot of false narrative going on. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and the narrative is the coaches lost the locker room. There has been no evidence From the last two games that that coach lost to Rome, I've been with teams where they didn't want to play with the coach. I've seen teams where they didn't want to play for that coach. Jacksonville, a couple of years ago with Urban Meyer, they quit on the coach. Mm -hmm. And it was obvious to everybody. This team has never given anything but 100% effort to that guy. Have things that gone well? Yes. Have they made mistakes? Yes. But don't even attempt to say they quit on the coach because that's totally false. I agree. Um, Who
0: is it here that said uh, that they are – because I agree totally, and I should have started, and now I'm I'm missing it. This is – there it is. Free Palestine says, I'm a fan of Fluce, but Fluce was not a head coach coming in. He is learning while his new staff is learning on the new job. I, I agree with uh, Free Palestine that Eber Fluce perhaps, I should put it, perhaps was not ready to be a head coach. But he is showing that he can make changes. I love the defensive game plan they had yesterday, um, particularly when you consider – that they had three non-starters in the defensive
1: backfield. I, I mean, well, you know, actually, you got to, you can say four, at, at times, but it it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. But right. he was in,
1: I'll tell you what, I did, I did like the way he was interchanging the defensive line a little bit, like he was bringing Darnell Walker into the three technique. On Mm -hmm. passing downs and trying to create more pass rush, Um, they got what they finished four or five sacks. They should have had eight. There's three miss was three misses, Um, which is something you got to clean up. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's not acceptable. You got Mm -hmm. a guy boxed in and you got your hands on and get his ass down.
0: Indeed. Uh, Bear Truth 9, if we win the next two games, could you or Greg see the Bears trying hard to find a reasonable upgrade with a value of, say, a second-round pick? Make a trade before the trade deadline to make a push for the playoffs if this team is all of a sudden uh, 3-4. and What do you think?
1: Well, number one, they're going to get a lot of players back. Off the injury list, mm-hmm. which is going to upgrade the team itself. Number two, I can't see Ryan giving up a high pick for anybody because he covets those <laughs> those draft. Now he did give up a high one for Chase Claypool, and he got burned. So, um, but he didn't think it was going to be that high. Yeah, especially yeah. when when you look at where the bears were in the standings the day he made the trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to discount what it was, you know, January 5th. It's the day he made the trade. So, you know, there's names that could come available. Washington, for instance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Chase Young's out of contract. Um, and how much more money do they have to put into the defensive line? They're already paying three guys. Right, right. You know, so and and well, we talked about him during the summer, and they said, well, you ought to trade for him now. And I was adamant against it. I mm-hmm. said, No, you can't. You gotta see this guy hasn't played in two years. You gotta see what he can do. You know, you can't guess, especially when he, you know, coming off the injury, he, he had a severe knee injury. And, you know, Herb Street last night said it, and Herb Street and him are friends. They're both Ohio State guys. He said, today's the best i felt since the injury. And you look at his play. He played pretty good yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. a consistent charge. One of those two defensive ends could be available. Is Washington going to pull the trigger at the trade deadline? That, I mean, they could. <coughs> but here's the thing. If you go back to history, it's only up until two years ago. The trade deadline in the National Football League was a non-event. Right. You know, you, you go hockey trade deadline, baseball trade deadline, basketball trade deadline they got specials on all day on the NBA network, the NHL network, major league baseball network about who's getting moved. You know, hockey, there might be 50, 50 moves made at mm-hmm. the trade deadline. Well, yep. in the NFL, you get one snore, you know, yeah. And the last couple of years, there's been a few more. It's I mean, the bears me. made two last year. They traded Roquan, not necessarily on the date, but in the week leading up to, mm-hmm. um, You know, Roquan and then traded for Chase with the pick they got from Roquan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, and and some other trades were made around the league. So, I think it's not another day on the calendar anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's still not close to what the other major leagues are. Right, And I don't know if it ever will be.
0: Let's take a look into the future because Florida Bears fan is asking you if Chase Young is available at the end of the season, do you think polls might want to, uh, you know, entertain $25 million a year contract, which is, you know, what some of the top defensive ends are making?
1: Well, my question to that would be, is he worth – $25 Twenty-five million dollars. What's he done to be worth twenty-five million dollars? He missed two years mm-hmm. with the various, and and he's got, I think, two or two and a half, two and a half sacks right now. Um, after last night, he's got a number of pressures. His uh, pressure amount is is high. Uh, I don't think, personally, only because of his injury history, I don't think that. He's going to break the bank. If I'm him and his agent, I don't want to do more than say a three-year deal, mm-hmm. because then I'm going to get a a crack at it again, assuming he stays healthy. Yeah. But that's my thought. I mean, who the hell knows what his people are going to say, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I'm going to guess no. I I think you know the, the the big thing this season is Justin Fields. Are we going to Uh, or are the Bears going to extend that contract pick up that fifth year option which is going to be over 20 million dollars and then if you're going to attempt to sign him to a contract he could become the highest paid quarterback or one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the National Football League so you've got to have that money and you know that's going to Put be, be put in uh, some type of account. You got to have the cash in order to sign the sign a player to a hundred million dollar contract. Isn't that correct, Greg?
1: Yeah, I don't know the exact. It, it's it's like it's annuitized or something. You gotta, you know, it it's yeah, it's there. They yeah, they got the money. That's not a. You you better know, have the money. Team's got yeah. <laughs> That's not a problem. All
0: right, let's. Uh, it's, uh, it's,
1: it's go ahead. excuse me, trying to get my thought here. Sure. If they follow the same protocol that other teams have done, Mm -hmm. except for Daniel Jones, they will extend him next spring, assuming, and it's still too early to say, that he keeps playing like he has the last two weeks. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, we can't expect him to throw four touchdowns a game and, um, you know, average over 300 yards a game, et cetera, because that's, you know, that's not going to happen. But you want to continue to see good decision-making, ball getting out of his hands, basically, you know, making, growing at the position, And the arrows going up so that you know that if we invest this money in him, it's gonna be money well spent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I know he's a you know from from a personal standpoint, he's a quality person. You know, I I they probably don't know yet, they're hoping, but they probably don't know yet that is he gonna be our guy.
0: Mm. I'm going to let the dog out. In the meantime, why don't you answer this question from Free Palestine? Seeing what Fields can do with DJ Moore, do you think they will try to get another top-tier receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or maybe the wide receiver from the Bengals? And I will be right back.
1: Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, Mooney is going to be in there. Harrison will probably go in the top five. I can't see polls using a top five pick on a wide receiver. And some people will look at it as counterproductive. (coughs) Excuse me. It's... Marvin Harrison, if you go off a... 22 tape was outstanding, obviously. He's had his moments in 23. He doesn't have C.J. Stroud thrown to him. In fact, you know, when they played Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, he was just a receiver, mm-hmm. you know, in that game. So I would say no. There's, there's always great – wide receiver depth in just about every draft, and if you look at some of the top receivers in the league, they're second-round picks. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stretch to take one in the first round. A.J. Brown with uh, Philadelphia, second-round pick. We can go on. I had, we did a show once. I, I think I came up with about 10 names who went in the second round that were great wide mm-hmm. receiver picks. you know, And that happens all the time. So you just, um, you got to get the right people, people that fit your scheme. But I'm going to say this, they struck out on, on Claypool, who knows what EQ is. And in this particular scheme, they want the X receiver to be a bigger guy. So does Harrison fit that mold? Yeah, he does. No, no question. Um, but does he want to use a pick that high on a wide receiver? Some teams might. But, you know, when's the last time a receiver went, and I don't have the drafts in front of me, I know there's a bunch of receivers that go 5 to 10, but when's the last time one went in the top four or five? Now Keyshawn went number one, and that was a gazillion years ago. Uh, The Bills took they traded up to take that receiver from Clemson at number four. That was around 10, 12 years ago, and it ended up being an awful pick for him. I think most of these guys come between five and 10, and I may be wrong. Uh, So. It this way, if it was me, I probably wouldn't do it. I, I I'm still in the mindset of I want the strongest offensive and defensive line I can get, and he has yet to address the edge position in a draft. So that is my primary concern going into the next draft.
0: Mm-hmm. Michael says, we need more blue chips regardless of position, but most important, we need to keep adding top talent to our trenches with high picks. And I've got a question here for you. Um, cons- or, let's get to back to Justin Fields. Zach is asking this question. Zach has been very critical of Justin Fields, uh, and he writes here, given the slow start of Fields and his recent display of productivity, what expectations does he have to meet for Ryan Pole's to stick with him. I assume that decision will determine Pole's career as well. So, what is it that, you know, it, it, place yourself in, uh, in Ryan Pole's shoes? And you're saying this to yourself, okay, what is it that I need to see from this guy before I make this monumental decision for this organization about whether to keep him or not? Is it wins? Is it
1: personal performance? What do you think? Well, Wins are a team thing? He could play a great game, and they could lose lose the game last mm-hmm. week. Perfect mm-hmm. example. You know the defense lost that game. the I, I think it it gets down to he's got to continue going in the direction he's gone the last two weeks, mm-hmm. where he's shown for the first time since he's been here what he's capable of doing. He's looking like the guy we saw at Ohio State in the college football playoffs outplay Lawrence and, you know, throw the ball downfield and uh, make these big plays. So now that's got to continue the rest of the season. And I, like I say, I don't think wins and losses have anything to do with it more than the arrow continues going up. Because if the arrow, if, if, if they see a fall off or it just flattens out, then I think you'll see them draft a quarterback.
0: Indeed. Uh, Nick says the ball needs to come out faster for Justin Fields uh, and closer on target. His accuracy is still a problem, uh, Nick says. So Fields missed multiple throws last night. You Care to respond to that? Greg froze. That comment from Nick froze him. Froze him in his place. <laughs> we'll see if we can get him back here. Uh, I know my internet connection has been a little weird. Let's see. I'm gonna remove him. I'm gonna kick him from the studio and see if he can come back to us. But Nick, if I can comment on that, you know, you're absolutely right that he did not have a flawless game. Well, watch then watch the NFL games this weekend and tell me, you know, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't miss some throws, um, if who are the other great quarterbacks in this league, uh, Herbert, you know, doesn't miss some throws. To to say that because he was less than perfect in his accuracy, you know, all the quarterbacks miss throws. Greg, uh, you're you're muted again. I see that you're. Do you did you hit something? Because I'm not I'm not hearing you. Yep. Um, so, you know, we we have to take that into account. You know, I've been watching football for decades and decades, and Terry Bradshaw is in the Hall of Fame because he had receivers like Stallworth and Swan who made tremendous catches out of his inaccurate throws. So I'm not going to – you know, I, well, I would love for Justin Fields to throw everything right here uh, or the perfect back shoulder plays and so forth. He didn't. and But the fact is that he threw four touchdown passes yesterday. And, yeah, could he have had a fifth, maybe even a sixth with some better throws? Yes. But, again, that just no, – there aren't – there are not any quarterbacks in the national football league who are, have 100% accuracy. And the other good thing about Justin Fields is that we have to appreciate is we're down three running backs. And then all of a sudden he says, I got to start running the ball. And he ran the ball like a running back. He put his shoulder down. He was picking up extra yards after first contact. And that's a valuable asset to have in a quarterback. So um, so, you know, I, I think we need to, I think all of us, you know, really need to pump the brakes. We've gone through, and I know that people like Swifty, his, his devoutness to Justin Fields has been unequivocal and the same thing with uh, nomad. Uh, but most of us fans need to, you know, we, we need more than a four or five weeks of, uh, of watching games in order to make an ev- a proper evaluation of Justin Fields. Greg, um, I just went on a tirade there. First of all, can you
1: hear? Can you hear me? I,
0: I hear you. And that uh, camera that you're using now is razor sharp. You look great.
1: Well, I, 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 I I'm using my phone. Mm
0: Hmm. Okay, that works well. All right, I want to move on to some other questions here. Uh, James Ford, um, can you hear me when I say James Ford? Why do you think they aren't playing? Deontay
1: Foreman. I, I only heard part of your question, and that was Deontay Foreman because you, you were frozen for a second. But why aren't they playing? Yeah. Uh, I think they – you know, he doesn't have any value on special teams. Travis Homer does, and they only want to have three uh, backs active, you know, running backs, not including the fullback, active on game day. And so he's the odd man out, but given the injuries yesterday, that may change because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were without a running back at the end of the game. He's going to be, he's going to be up next week, regardless. There's no question because mm-hmm. uh, Roshan might not be out of protocol. And I think Travis Homer had a hammy. Oh, they might have to go out and sign a running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I you
0: know, I, I, the actual is again Aldo. Yeah, and I think it's on your end uh Greg because you're you're totally frozen too. I know that we had some issues with uh your connection when you went to your phone recently. But can you hear me?
1: Yeah, least? I can hear you fine.
0: Okay, good. Um here's a question uh Bear Truth 9 says if we somehow get the number 1 overall pick and Justin continues to do what he's doing, what do you do with that pick? Greg?
1: Trade it. Get that big... Like Trade it, just like they did last year.
0: Yep. it I Absolutely, totally agree with that. You have got... To, you're not going to draft the quarterback, and Caleb Williams... Well, is this tough- is
1: turning into a pile of shit. <laughs> Your connection? We're losing everything here.
0: Uh, can you guys in the chat room still see and hear me? I can... S- I can still see and hear Greg. I think Greg, can you hear me?
1: <laughs> you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a, I'm going to call, I'm going to call AT&T and uh, get a new router. Maybe that'll. Yeah, I think that'll. Because that'll that router five years old. All right. Maybe yeah, I need a new one.
0: Yeah, I think you do. Um Let's uh let's end the show here, Greg. And uh, okay, we will do a show in the middle of next week, correct?
1: Correct, all
0: right. So, and we'll let everybody know the best way to stay on top of what we're doing here at the Barroom Network is to subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel, and um, um. Subscribe to the channel and also on our audio podcast. You can listen to the shows on audio only if you care to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and type in Barroom network and all of our shows will be there. We've got some shows actually that are not on video like uh bulls gold. So if you're a big bulls fan, uh, the guys who do that show do a fabulous job, get great interviews and so forth. And they really very knowledgeable on the game of basketball. Uh, but we've got more Chicago bears programming here on our YouTube YouTube channel. Uh, and that uh, resumes on Sunday with the bar flight tailgate show. Hope you can join the guys. It will be a very festive show. And I will uh, pop in to say hi. And uh, because I'd like to see the smile on their faces. Um, and i like to see the smile on your faces too in the chat. Thank you all for being a part of the show. I apologize for the technical difficulties that we had at the end and unable to get to your questions. Let me see if I can answer a couple of these. Um, let's see. <laughs> Larry T says you guys should buy uh a Kansas City Swifty jersey for the Swifty Sports Network. That way no, no one will make the mistake uh about him and Taylor Swift. Free Palestine, I'm a fan of Flu. Oh, we got that one already. Uh PZ, considering the roster turnover and injuries, what percentage would you say the limited preseason reps reps caused the slow start of to this season. We talked about that at the beginning of the show, PZ, and it definitely had a lot to do with it. And that was an excuse that Iberflus told the media about, and he was right. You know, it, it had an impact. And when you are collecting so many new players, and then you have injuries to a lot of those new players, it's it's Almost impossible to ex- have expectations. It should be, you should not have expectations that they're going to get off to a great start. Unfortunately, we had the Green Bay Packers, the first game on the schedule, and we saw, you know, when the team performed like it was a preseason game with so many of the starters in the lineup for the first time. Um, Zach's question that we never got a response to: What are the expectations that uh, uh, that Justin has to meet for Ryan Poles to feel confident about? Uh, uh having him back next season and signing him, I think that it has to do with, you know, n- not blowing fourth quarter leads or leading a team to fourth quarter victories. That's an important part of a quarterback's job. There could be mistakes going on around you, but if you are a great quarterback, you're going to figure out a way to win some games in the fourth quarter on your own or with your receivers and so forth, despite the fact that you may have fumbled or somebody else may have fumbled. So he has to get to that next level. I think before you start talking about, you know, two $300 million contract. Um, Any other final questions here? And I think that's it. So I will uh, call it a show for today. Uh, Thanks to Greg Gabriel, and thank you all for listening live, and make sure you share this. I'm going to put it up on uh, social media very soon. Uh, Make sure you share it with your friends. Goodbye, everybody.